0: You weren't warned, okay? Good morning. Today, I'm going to be be honest. I'm going to ask a lot of questions. Uh, you don't necessarily have to shout out the answers, but I'm going to tell you that some of the questions might be a little like, yeah. And I want you to know, I'm not trying to step on your toes. Uh, Because most of the questions that I'm going to ask, I probably have the wrong answer to as well. So I'm stepping on my toes as much as I am yours. So just have that in mind. But the first question I want to ask you is, why are you here? Now, I don't mean this in some like existential philosophical reason, like why your existence on the earth and blah, blah, blah. I mean, literally, why are you here today in church? Think about that for a second. Here are some possible reasons that I came up with. You want to see your friends, okay? Maybe makes sense. Two, you were made to be here. Now this is a safe zone, so if if I find you nodding your head, it's fine, it's fine, because there are a lot of times this was my answer, like. uh So guys, ladies, whatever, kids. Be honest here, it's fine. Besides, we all know anyway, (laughs) most of us. So, maybe you were made, your parents, your spouse, husband, wife, etc. Maybe you had a wilder Friday or Saturday night and you're trying to make amends. Right? It's a possibility. Maybe you don't want to be made feel guilty. You know, when you don't show up in church... You just kind of get this saying, like, I should be there. So, and you feel guilty. So you basically show up so you don't have to feel guilty about not going to church. Right? Some, some people have that. Uh, some, and really this is probably where I fall into most of the time, is because I've been going to church since I was born. I mean, my first Sunday I was in church. My mom was a secretary at church. I was in church every week. I mean, I had the perfect attendance thingy pins that they used to give out. Some of you know what those are. I was proud to wear that. I was in church a lot of times, and it's a habit. I mean, I just... Sunday morning, you go to church. Some of you are like that as well. Now, some of you, your car broke down right outside the door. (laughs) And you have absolutely nothing better to do while you wait for the tow truck. If that's you, uh, meet us back, and we'll we'll find somebody to give you a hand. Not me, because I know nothing about cars. But somebody here does. Or... You have a genuine desire to come and fellowship with other believers, hear the word taught, and sing praises to God. On the surface, this is the answer that all of us are like, yeah, that's it, right there. Truth be told, my answer is probably one of the other ones most of the time. So why are you here? Now, next question maybe a little bit tougher. And you're just going to have to be... I want you to be completely honest with yourself... Because I had to be completely honest with myself when I asked these questions this week, preparing for this. What is your attitude like when you come to church? Or even when you're preparing to come to church? Or even on Saturday night when you know you have to get up to go to church? What's your attitude like? Is it like this? woo I get to go see Jesus! Yeah! Is it like this? Or... Is it like these two guys? <laughs> right? Yeah. Oftentimes, I'm gonna to have to say my answer is like these two guys. We, we by nature, a lot of us, I don't wanna put it in a blanket statement and say everybody's like this, but a lot of us are, we like to complain, right? We like to see the fault in things and we like to be negative. And some, let's be honest, sometimes it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to watch these guys completely trash Fozzie Bear. And and some of you are like, who's Fozzie Bear? And that really breaks my heart. Right there. Uh, Anyway. But we're negative people. We like to complain. I mean, when you come into this building on Sundays, some of the things you hear, the lights are too dim. The music's too loud. Sermon jokes are too stupid. Stupid. Not mine. Mark's. The slides don't change enough. Or fast enough. The slides are wrong. We're singing the wrong words. I don't like drums or guitars or electric guitars. By the way, I love that version of How Great Thou Art. Yeah. Love that version. Uh, I don't like drums or guitars or electric guitars. or it should be an organ, piano, whatever. We should do more hymns. We should do less hymns. We should do more praise songs. We should do less praise songs. I miss mellow cream. (laughs) We complain about the silliest things, right? And we all hear it, right? When we come to church, we like to complain. Some of you may have answered, I come to church to see my friends, but then when I see my friends, I'm like, these are my friends? (laughs) Yeah, some of you know exactly what we're talking about. Today we're going to look at the very last psalm. Not necessarily the last psalm David wrote, because we understand that the the psalms were compiled later. But whoever chose to put this psalm at the very end, I think, was brilliant. So Psalms chapter 150 will conclude our series on the study of psalms. So if we read that, it reads, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and the flutes. And praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalms 150. How oftentimes do we come on Sunday morning and we read it? Oh, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Right? Sometimes that's how I read it. But this idea of praise, what, what, what does it mean to you? You know, if I'm completely honest, there are several Sundays that I come to church dreading it. I'm just going to put it right out there. I'll be, I'm going to be completely honest with you. And some, of, uh, some that are in a leadership role can understand this because they come to church on Sundays and they, all they hear are these complaints. And then they start complaining about the complainers and then it becomes this vicious cycle of complaining. Right? Oh, wait, I'm complaining about the... Anyway. But that's why I'm bringing this up. When we're in this building for these couple of hours every Sunday... Are we in the right frame of mind to praise and worship the creator of the universe? Can we honestly sing, how great thou art, and mean it? Can we sing, joy to the world, with a smile on our face, with exuberance in our voice? Do we genuinely have a heart of praise while we're here? Now when I say the word praise, or when you read it in Psalms chapter 150, what, what do you think of? I mean, do you automatically think of praise and worship, or praising God, praising Jesus? We, we often use the term only in church. I mean, very rarely do you hear it outside the church, except for maybe when you're talking about you know, praising your kids. But I want you to understand that there's a difference between praise and worship. They go together, but there's a difference. You see, worship actually comes from two different words, worth-ship. Basically, it means that you are ascribing worth to something. So when we worship God, when we sing How Great Thou Art, we are telling God how much He's worth in our lives. We're telling it directly to Him. See, when you're worshiping something, you worship directly to that object or person. Notice I said object because sometimes we fall into that trap. Now praise, on the other hand, similar but different in the fact that we sing praises or when we praise something or somebody, we're talking about them, not directly to them. Does this make sense? How great thou art is a worship song. We are singing out to God how great thou art. O oh Lord my God, when I an awesome wonder... When we sing a song like Mighty to Save, we're telling about God to other people. Our God is mighty to save. Yes, we're directing it to Him as well, but in general, it's a praise to say, Our God is mighty to save. You're telling other people about it. And what you find is that the more you talk about something, the more you're praising it. Praise is telling someone or something about that object. And Question, the thing is, is that when you praise something, you talk about it, right? When something is worth so much to you that you continually talk about it, you're praising them, or it, and in essence, you're worshiping it because you're spending time so much talking about it, right? So what you praise is what you worship. Right? Does that make sense? And so the question is, what do you talk about the most? Now, I was going to say, what, do you talk, what did you talk about the most this week? But this week is a bad example, so we're just going to skip that, okay? What do you talk about the most in general, okay? And I'm going to be completely honest. When I think, oh, what are the things do I talk about? When I go to work every morning, what do I talk about, okay? With my friends, my coworkers. when I go out and, and for dinner, you know, what do we talk about? Of course, talk about my family, my wife, and my kids, with my love dearly, right? I talk about them. But let's be honest most of the time I talk about other stuff and it depends on the season for me completely I mean I talk about Notre Dame football when it's football season I talk about Notre Dame basketball when it's basketball season ladies I'll give you props too, girls basketball because Notre Dame basketball women are far better than the boys most of the time so talk about the Colts talk about our favorite restaurants or local favorite right <laughs> Mike is not here. I'm, I'm going to miss him. He's going to love this. Talk about your favorite fitness activity currently. <laughs> Talk about your favorite TV shows. That's a great TV show. But what's funny is in our family, uh, we're, you know, we're a male-dominant family. that's not right. That did not sound right. <laughs> I don't mean that. Okay. We have four bo- <laughs> We have four males in our house and one female, plus the dog. Uh, But most of our time is spent on the Food Network. And one of my favorites, Cutthroat Kitchen, or Chopped. You ever see Chopped? Man, that's awesome. They get this basket of like these weird ingredients, like beef tongue, and you got to make something fantastic out of it. It's great. We love uh, to watch the Food Network. You know me. You know me well. You know what I love. And did you know this week, I believe it was Wednesday night or Thursday night, the Cardinals came from behind... To win in the eighth inning you remember that Yachty Merlina hit a triple remember that <laughs> yeah all right fine the Cubs that same night came back they came back to win too <laughs> but then I went on MLB.com yesterday and I'm like oh it's okay <laughs> but, but what do you talk about well, those are my favorites. What do you talk about? Some of you, Bears. Some of you, Mark. Is Mark the only one? The Packers. This is for you guys over here, Patriots. <laughs> I, love, I love you guys. Maybe this week, this past couple weeks has been all about sharks and there's this really weird show that I have not watched, but people talk about it all the time, Sharknado, like what in the world? That's the stupidest idea I've ever heard of. Or even worse, actually, is this. Some of you are this, I've never seen this. Some of you are this, never seen that either. Some of you are about your favorite band, this is my son's favorite band right now, the Foo Fighters. Some of you are Swifties. Um... Some of you are this group for you guys. Uh, Evan, Evan, are you you're here? Evan Cyrillic asked me to remind everybody that one direction is now two directions. Uh, so I don't know what that means. No, I do. But. So what do you talk about? Because what you talk about the most is what you value the most. And you're like, no, that's not true. It is. Because I want you to think about this, when you're here on Sunday mornings, when you're singing How Great Thou Art, that rockin' version of How Great Thou Art, yeah, yeah. are you like, yeah, yeah. When you talk about waving your hands and clapping your hands and raising your hands and bowing down, we don't actually do that. But, when I'm in a Notre Dame football game, and I'm like, oh, I'm a lot more enthusiastic, a lot more joyful a lot more into it when I'm at a Notre Dame football game than I am here on Sunday mornings singing praises to the creator of the universe. And then it hits me. I'm like, oh. So what do we do about it? What do we do? How how do we talk about God or Jesus? How often? Like, I don't want to be one of those people really maybe we should be more like those people we know those people some of you are those people and i'm gonna be honest some of you some of you that are those people annoy us other people (laughs) we'll be honest with you but guess who's in the right you are i'm in the wrong because we should be talking more about god or jesus we should be talking about how he's mighty to save we should be But I think one of the reasons why we don't is because looking back at Psalms chapter 150 is we do not understand the concept of God's sanctuary. If you look back with me, it says, praise God, praise Him in His sanctuary. And you're like, oh yeah, that's here, right? Every Sunday morning we come to church, we sit in His, we call this a sanctuary, right? Right? And we sing praises to God. This is what David's talking about, right? When David was around, it was the tabernacle. Later, when his son built the temple in Jerusalem, it was the temple, but that was God's sanctuary, right? Right? Well, maybe not. Continue on, because something else is interesting. So if you see what else David says, he says, praise him in his mighty heavens. Like, oh, wait. Okay, now I get it. So... When I'm here on Sunday mornings I praise God and when I'm on a spaceship in the heavens I praise God too, right? Like when I'm on a trip to Mars, this is moon in the heavens I praise God, right? Now that's stupid. You're like, what are you even talking about? I'm like, what am I even talking about? The point is David is saying this building, this ta- the tabernacle, soon to be the temple is not God's sanctuary. God's sanctuary is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's here, with us today. It's out there. It's everything that we see, and everywhere that we are, is God's sanctuary. So, our job is to praise God everywhere, in His sanctuary, which is everywhere, and with everything that we have. Notice what David said praise him with cymbals, praise him with dancing, praise him with loud cymbals, praise him with the trumpet. Whatever you have, praise God wherever you are, because that's the sanctuary. And do it joyfully, not just one clash of a symbol, continuous clashing of cymbals. So let our life be a praise to God. You're like, okay, how do we do that? Do we just walk around singing How Great Thou Art out loud and make people really feel uncomfortable? No, not necessarily. You could do that if you wanted to. But I, I want to I challenge you with this concept. It's not really a new concept, but it's something that I've, that I've found is the more and more I try to do it, Notice I said try because you're going to have to try to do it. It it really works, okay? And it's called practice God's presence, practicing the presence of God. What does that mean? That means everywhere that you are, carry on normal conversations with God, like He's right there with you. Guess what? Because He is. Just talk to Him. You don't have to do all these these and thous, and you don't have to follow this particular prayer pattern like the Acts or, or some of the joy, Jesus, others first. You don't have to follow all these prayer templates. You don't have to be all churchy and prairie. Just talk to God like He's right there with you in casual conversation. And I'll tell you what, if you start doing that, you don't have to do it audibly, by the way. I mean, sometimes I do in the car. And you look over and people are looking at you weird. But, I mean, you you know, you can obviously do it in your thoughts. You don't have to do it audibly. Uh, But when you do that, you would be amazed at how your perspective changes. Like I said, I've been trying it. Notice the word practice. It means that you're continuously practicing. You're going to fail. You're going to do it wrong. You're going to forget the worst times in the car you're talking to god like having this great conversation talking about the sunset and the the you know the pretty view and and everything and then somebody cuts you off and you're like like, oh yeah god's right there darn it i missed it Uh, but when you are in that conversation with god continuously you start to notice that sometimes things don't annoy you as much people don't annoy you as much if you're in that right perspective and you're like huh That's weird. That didn't bother me at all. And you talk to God back and forth about it. When you're hurting, you talk to God open and candidly. Think about some of the Psalms. Over half of them are laments. David is crying out to God, Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me? Why are you doing this to me? My enemies want to kill me and you're doing nothing. Why? Where are you? But David knows very well God's right there with him. But it's okay to be angry at God. It's okay to share your concerns with God because God is big enough to handle it. I want to tell you a quick story about a man. His name was Nicholas Herman. He was in the 1600s from France. He served in the 30-year army, uh, 30-year war, sorry. And but later in his life he decided to uh, to become a monk. To to join the monastery and to dedicate his life to to serving God in the monastery. And you think, oh, monastery, cool. He gets to wear the cool robe and the sandals and, you know, like do all cool monkey stuff. Wait, not monk, never mind. Monk-like stuff. (laughs) Whatever that is. You uh, think of Nacho Libre or something like joining a wrestling. But anyway, it's like, oh, he gets to be all this cool monk. Well, the thing is, is that Brother Lawrence was his name when he became a monk. His name was Brother Lawrence the first thing he does is he joins the monastery and gets stuck in the kitchen, kitchen duty. Now, the thing about Brother Lawrence is that he hated the kitchen duty. He hated his chores. He hated doing anything kitchen-related. And he did this for 15 years. (laughs) He was stuck doing his kitchen duty. It got even worse because after the 15 years, he ended up in the sandal repair shop. Like, what? I'm supposed to be a cool monk, you know, and I'm I got to cook and I got to clean up. What Brother Lawrence found, though, is something that fascinates me. And this is where we got the concept: is that Brother Lawrence started to think, you know what? What if I did every single thing, like God was with me, all the time? What if I talked to Him, like He was right there with me? And not only that, but what if I did every single thing including these chores that i hate the most dishes cooking what if i did those for god and you know what happened his perspective changed he went from hating the kitchen and eventually the sandal repair shop to loving it it's one of his favorite things because he got to spend time doing it with god His life of grumbling and complaining became a life of praise and worship to God. When we can do that same thing, we change. And so do other people. Some people notice it and think we're weird. They're right. Some people persecute us for it. Let's face it, Christians get persecuted. Not to the extent that they did. Jesus is around or after Jesus, but... You know, we, we hear it a lot from people. But also, there are some that notice a difference in our lives. You know, there's just something about that person. I don't know what it is, but there's something about them. And that sparks conversation. Sparks discussion. And, and not only that, but we can look around at the people outside this church that are not Christians, and we start to judge them less... Love them more, we start to see them less for their sins and more as who they truly are as a child of God. God's, if you're in that continual conversation with God, he's like, no, that's not, that's not so-and-so. That's my child. They need to know my love. It's your job to share it. When we do that, when we continually practice God's presence, we will change lives, including our own. I, I want to read this excerpt. Uh, What Brother Lawrence, later in his life, was interviewed by uh, one of the head monks. I don't know what you call him. And he also compiled 15 letters that have all been put together as a book. And you can actually read the book online for free, which I highly recommend doing. It's called Practicing the Presence of God. It's sort of hard to read at places because it uses Old English. Uh, But uh, I want to read a part of it. He says, I worshipped him the oftenest I could keeping my mind in His holy presence and recalling it as often as I found it wandered from Him. I made this my business, not only at the appointed times of prayer, but all the time. Every hour, every minute, even in the height of my work, I drove from my mind everything that interrupted my thoughts of God. When we are faithful to keep ourselves in His holy presence and set Him always before us, This hinders our offending him, and doing that may displease him. It also begets us, listen to this, to a holy freedom. You ever think about that? You think about spending more time understanding that God is with us as freedom? It also begets in us a holy freedom, and if I may so speak, a familiarity with God, where when we ask, he supplies the graces we need. Over time, by often repeating these acts, they become habitual, and the presence of God becomes quite natural to us. When we do that, it becomes natural. I want to answer two questions quickly. First off, you're like, what if we fail? What if we mess up? You're going to. Like I said, it's practicing. You get right back on track. You try it again. If you fall, get up, do it again. Another question is probably more apt to some of you. What if I don't feel like it? What if I'm mad at God? What if I'm hurting? What if I'm blaming God for something? What if God is not fair? My answer is the same reason why Psalms chapter 150 is at the very end of the Psalms. It's not a psalm of lament. It's a psalm of praise. My answer is do it anyway. Complain to God. Tell him you're hurt. Tell him your feelings. He's big enough to take it. But what happens is when you put your hurt on him, again, things change. And you start to understand, whoa, I am really not in control. Thank God you are. When we do that, all the focus is off of us and our humanness our frailty and it's on god who is the rock of our salvation so i challenge you even in the times of hurting in the times of pain praise him anyway worship him anyway bring your hurt to him and he will be your rock i want to leave you with these words I'm going to quit a little kind of abrupt because the answer on how to do this and whether you want to do this, this all lies with you and me. I mean, it's all personal. How am I going to do this? I don't know. I'm going to try. How do you do it? It's all up to you, to your personal, uh, your personal style, right? Your personalities. We're all different. We all do different things and God has created us that way. So it's our job to find the best way to do this. But I will leave you with these words. I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans. Okay, now I'm going to stop right there for a second. Generally, I'm not a big politically correct kind of person. Please do not show up at your work tomorrow and address people as pagans. Please don't say, hey, pagan, how you doing? It's not going to go very well. This is internal church talk, okay? If you... Don't call people pagans. Anyway, live such good lives among pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You may be persecuted. You may be made fun of. But if you continue to do it, people will understand and they will praise God along with you. Let's pray. Father, forgive us when we lose sight of who you are where you are, how big you are. Help us to live a life of praise. Remind us of your constant presence in our lives. And in doing so, may we honor and glorify you. And we do as you have asked us to do, and that is to be your light into this dark world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.